sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two of the early line. I'm Dane Martinez. I got Kevin Walsh with me as well. And, Kevin, we have arrived. The NBA is tipping off for real in the bubble in Orlando on the Black Lives Matter court. We are going to see action for real that matters. I see the smile creep on your face. We're going to talk about it for this hour. Uh, as long as we can, as much as we can. We have two games going tonight. The first thing I do want to do, though, Kev, and crazily enough, we may have to do this every single day. Let's set the stage here of what we believe in terms of availability of these players, right? There's still some things that we don't necessarily know, right? Zion Williamson has cleared quarantine. He's got prop bets up. I'll be willing to bet that he's going to be out there. In that big prime time or like late night matchup with LA and LA, Anthony Davis went through practice. Remember, he's got the eye issue. We think he's going to go. But on the Clippers side, it looks like Lou Williams is still eating chicken wings. It looks like Montrez Harrell will not be back yet either. Talk to me about who is available for these games, because that's got to start any analysis these days, right, Kev? No, so it's 100% true. Now, um, I would say the big updates, perhaps, you know, because I know not everybody will have been following the NBA, or maybe you're just getting back into it. Uh, the big note for the Jazz is uh, no Bogdanovich. Uh, he's not going to be with yeah, the yep. team for the restart, had season-ending surgery, uh, and I think that is a big part of the reason why the Utah Jazz currently sit as two-and-a-half-point dogs to the Pelicans. And then the biggest, uh, of course, question, Dane, is going to be, uh, is Zion Williamson playing in this game? And if yes, which at this point I would say is likely a yes, um, but if yes, how many minutes? And will we know beforehand how many minutes? I think that right now is the biggest question looming uh, as we get ready uh, for this game to get us started. All right, absolutely. Now, what are the Clippers going to do? What will the Clippers look like? When we know there's no Lou Williams, when we know there's no Montrez Harrell, I think even like, what about guys like Zubak who was late, Shamet as well, Shamet as well? What are the Clippers going to look like in this game, Kev? Yeah, so no Montrez or Harrell, that has been confirmed. He's actually still not with this team yet. So if I'm not mistaken, then that would mean he is also going to be missing their second game against the Pelicans, who, by the way, Lou Williams is already going to be missing as well because of uh, his 10-day quarantine. That obviously means if they're missing game two, both of those guys not available for game number one. They could also be without Patrick Beverly tonight as well, who had to leave the bubble for a while and is now back. But his status is uncertain. And very similar, I think, to what we talk about with Zion, you do have to ask the question, even if Pat Bev plays, how many minutes is he going to be able to play? What does kind of the the rope look like for that situation? Uh, and then even a, a guy like Landry Shamet, who did not play um, in their final scrimmage game, uh, you know, was a, someone who had tested positive for coronavirus. Uh, is he going to be able to contribute for this team is a big question. Zubak 
played in that final okay. uh, scrimmage. So Zubak should be a full go for people that are trying to figure out, oh, well, how are they going to you know, fill in the gaps here? The starting lineup was Reggie Jackson, Kawhi PG, Marcus Morris, and then Zubak. Uh, so obviously there, when you you know kind of look at it, Reggie Jackson having to fill in for Pat Bev. Maybe Pat Bev is still there as we welcome in the radio audience back here on NBA opening day for the early line, Kevin Walsh and Dane Martinez. Uh, I think the big thing that'll stand out is how they figure out their big man rotation. Having to guard Anthony Davis, uh, you know, Zubak is really a guy, though, that only play about 20-some-odd minutes. Joakim Noah, Jermichael Green, Patrick Patterson. Uh, the Montrezl Howell absence is a big one, Dane. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing, right? We got to figure out how will the pieces of that pie, how will that usage pie, how will that production pie be kind of allocated? Because, Kev, you know, we got not only games, but we've got prop bets to potentially look at as well. But here on the early line, here on Sports Grid, we do public service announcements as well. We got to give you the information and give you the edge. And, Kevin, we mentioned it earlier in the week, but this is really growing. This spread the love bet that you can make on this Clippers-Lakers. This is kind of like, let's all pile on and help each other out. I'm trying to have people join me in this bet so all of our odds get better, right? We talked about the movement that FanDuel is offering. It's almost like a we could buy points just by everyone piling on. It seems like you could get the Lakers at like plus 11 at this point, right, Kev? Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, And we've actually been talking to you guys a little bit about this spread the love prop. But I know people yeah. don't like betting games until the day of. More than understandable. So here we are. It started at minus four for every 2,500 people that come and bet the Lakers on the spread, a minus 110 number. They will then tack on a point in favor of the Lakers. The number that you get is not when you bet it. It's when it closes, which is fantastic. So it's not like you needed heroes to step up and take the minus four to get you to your plus 10. No, right. Everybody right now is sitting with a plus 10 ticket. But this thing has been moving. We started at minus four after day one. We got it to about plus two. We now are sitting here at plus 10. I said it was going to get to double digits. I think I might have sold it short a little bit, though. At this point now, I think anything uh, 15, it's going to be 15 or better to me. I I really believe that. because People bet games more and more and more as you get there. That's why it's a $50 max bet, because, look, they're not going to allow you to to go crazy on this thing. But, look, I've never complained about a free 50 bucks. Yeah, I'll take it as well. You know, we will keep our eye out on that, letting people know. Hop on, because normally right now you get Lakers minus four. But if you do it to spread the love bet, you're going to get Lakers plus double digits. We'll talk more about this game and, of course, Pelicans jazz as well. When we come back, there's no better person to have on my side than Kevin Walsh when we're talking NBA. Get all the leans, all the players, all the insights. We come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. The early line right here on Sports Grid. Dane Martinez and my man Kevin Walsh putting the fun and functional sports content. Kev, we say here on Sports Grid, we give people the edge. 
right? Well, again, as a public service announcement over on our partners on FanDuel, right? This Clippers-Lakers game right now, if you look at it normally, it says the Lakers minus four. However, there is an opportunity there with a little promotion that FanDuel is doing. We're calling it Spread the Love. And right now, that's up to, if you like the Lakers, why lay four points? Or why bet a minus 174 on the money line with via this Spread the Love bet? You could get them right now, I believe, Kevin, at plus 10. And that own, that number is definitively only going to go one direction, only going to climb as more and more people pile onto this promotion throughout the day. You believe we're going to be staring at something like light Lakers plus 13. We have to let people know about this in one market. It looks like you get it at Lakers minus four, but this spread the love bet that our friends at FanDuel are offering today to kind of celebrate the restart of NBA looks like something that's very tasty to us here on the early line, right, Kev? Look, and if you guys couldn't tell, Dane's on it. So he's sending you over there to make sure that this number keeps going up and up and up. The but more the merrier. You guys a favor. Absolutely. Look, at the end of the day, this is an incredible offer from the FanDuel Sportsbook here. You're getting a team that's favored by four, okay? Get, catching right. around 15 points. It's, that's not allowed. Like, you, you know, sometimes too, Dane, it would be like, oh, you know what? Just buy back on the Clippers plus four. Nice. No, we're not middling this nah, thing. I told you like, about this, Kevin. Rolling. I told you. Occam's razor. Remember, I gave you that yep. term for a reason because we are going to use it a lot. We're not going to overthink this. The one with the lowest amount of assumptions is the one we're going to go with. This is a promotion for FanDuel to get people in the door. For those of us already in the door, let's just take advantage of it. Usually I'm worried, right, Kez? Because we like would move the number and it wouldn't be as good. In this universe, though, it only gets better i'm seriously yeah. talking about this as a public service announcement now that we are done with that hit up the spread the love if you need a referral code hit me up on twitter at spitting speeds i gotcha but let's talk about this kev in terms of the total because i see it at 215 and a half which is way lower than the other game going off tonight what do you think about this total Are offenses ahead of defenses with so many people out how do you figure out the defensive side of the ball I love where your head's at, Dane. So here's the thing, okay? What's right now jarring to me, the book is somewhat seemingly like they are willing to lob off about 10 points from maybe where these games would be under normal circumstances. When the Lakers and the Clippers played that last game, okay, one of the few games that happened right before this season came to a close, the pregame number was 226. Now, the final score was 112 to 103. Quick math game, it's 215. But that's Ooh, not really two. how they make totals, right? They don't go, what was it the last time the two teams played? Cool, right. that's now the new number. No, right? Like, it can shift off a little bit from where prior matchups can be. They're not usually going to be that far off. And that's why this Pelicans Jazz number for a lot of people look low. We'll talk about it, but it's been moving towards the over a lot here. But 215 and a half, to me, Dane, very low when you consider the fact it was 10 points higher when these teams played on March 3rd. And I'll quickly look to see if I can pull up the number that it was on the Christmas day. Opening day is opening day. Um, it's a little right. bit tough to say. The Christmas number was 223. So you're still eight points off of that number. I guess for you know to keep it complete, we'll go then to where it was on that opening day and see if we can get that number. It was 224. So that to me is a bit, you know, certainly stands out. I guess the one thing that you could say somewhat in the favor 
of why the book has made this decision. Opening day, 214 points scored. Christmas day, 217 points scored. And then 215 Mm. on that March 3rd matchup, or excuse me, rather March 8th matchup. So yes, it's played under those 220 totals each and every time these teams have met up, but that is still a pretty big drop from where it was the last time these teams faced off. I'll play over 215 and a half here. I'm not comfortable assuming we just take 10 points off totals because it's happening in a bubble. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense, right? And I like that you look to past performances. But remember, a lot of players that were there that time are not there now. Lou Williams and Andres Harrell, certainly among them. Hey, Kevin, we do football previews and all. I know you like it when I do diamonds in the rough and fugazis, guys, to forget about. So, Kev, on a nightly basis, we can apply this and give you can have diamonds and fugazis as it relates to the prop market for any given game, right? So when I think about this LA versus LA matchup tonight, is there anyone you think that will specifically get out of the gate hot or that you do want to fade and have a little bit of a prop bet, whether it's points, rebounds, or the sum total of all of them? Is there someone you are particularly riding with or fading tonight? Do you have a diamond or a fugazi in this game? Boy, do I have a diamond for you, Dane. Now, you got to think me. about it, right? Wow, where's he going to go? LeBron, AD, Kawhi? No, 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 no. Nah, Danny Green. Get all that. Danny all Green. Danny yeah. Green over yeah. seven and a half points. Look, for me, okay. we're talking about, okay, this is a three-point shooter, right? I only need three yeah. main baskets to, to get this home because at least two of them are going to be from three. If it's a layup, yeah. so be it. To me, I look at this number, and it is very doable. Now, He's gotten over this number once of the three times that they played. The difference, Dane, no Avery Bradley. More minutes for Danny Green. I like this number. Seven and a half, and it's only minus 104 on the juice. And you have to think about it from this perspective sometimes for me, especially if I'm playing a point prop, what's comfortable? When am I going to be nervous? So if I offered you, you have a choice, you have to play this over under. Every time Danny Green shoots, you're going to be terrified because if he makes the first three, now you're almost halfway there, right? right? So, But if you play it over, you only need a handful of chances for this number to get over. I think we take, we take advantage of the fact that there's no Avery Bradley. This number is very, very low. Danny Green is a big game performer, and we play over seven and a half here for a diamond prop. I like that. Shout out to, shout out to Strong Island with Danny Green, the Long Island native. Right. I like him here. In the New York City area, the other game, I call it the other game because it's not L.A. versus L.A., but it will be the first one out to tip off here in this restart. The Utah Jazz and New Orleans Pelicans. We've talked about, you know, Bogdanovich. We've talked about um, Zion right now, though, the Pelicans, assuming Zion is there. And that's what we think is likely at this point. Remember, it is still only 8 a.m. And with this game is going to tip off in 11 hours. But the Pelicans are two and a half point favorites, and I'm staring at a total higher than the Clippers Lakers game, ironically, at 224 and a half. Yeah, so this total was around 219. Again, a similar situation okay. where they really moved this number back from where I think it would have been under normal circumstances. Here's the thing, though, guys. A lot of times, if, if a total adds five points, but ah, I got away from me, I'm not getting the best number. I get that. But if you want to play this game, you do not play it under. You play this game over. The Pelicans numbers, Dane, let me, let me pull these up for everybody to understand the kind of totals that this team was playing Please with do. during the regular season. Because I don't think it can be put into perspective any other way than to really try and comprehend here like what we got from this team. Okay, 
we're talking about a team that played on a regular basis, exclusively in the 240s on their totals. The numbers are escaping me right now. They're not popping up. But I, I remember I had gone over it on one of the episodes on, on Ben around the room. I mean, it was 240, 240, 240, 240. I know the Jazz are a team that has themselves a very, very sound defense. That's the nature of Rudy Gobert being there. With that being said, though, this is a team that will still somewhat seemingly play to the pace of their opponent, and the Pelicans only know how to play one way, and that's over. And that's getting out, and that's running. So for me, I understand if you say, I can't play this, I've lost five points of value. I get that. But if you're going to play it, still play it over. I don't think you should be jumping back around if you don't have a ticket on this and be like, oh, now I'll catch him on the under. I don't know if that's – I don't think that's going to work out for you. All right, fair enough. So there you go. Even with it going up, I'm saying it's moving in the right direction, and he is not concerned about still taking it over. If you do want to take it over, though, Kevin makes a great point that the line is moving, so do it now. That's why you listen and watch the early line, because it may be moving in the direction you don't like. When we come back, I do have more questions about this game for you and about Zion Williamson for you, Kev. And to be quite honest, it's all around the same theory. Are the Pelicans and Zion so much of a public favorite and love that there is actually value to hop the other way against Zion and the Pelicans? We'll talk about that. We'll cover news and notes in the NFL as well when we come back right here on the line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Jeff Passan with a report on ESPN late on Wednesday night. Stating following the coronavirus outbreak that infected nearly half the Miami Marlins roster and prompted the temporary suspension of the team season, Major League Baseball is encouraging players not to leave hotels in road cities except for games, mandating the use of surgical masks instead of cloth masks during travel, and requiring every team to travel with a compliance officer who ensures players and staff properly follow the league's protocol. This is all according to Passin and ESPN's sources. The updated rules outlined in a memo distributed to teams on Tuesday Tuesday came as MLB investigates the cause of the Marlins outbreak that has seen 16 players and two staff members test positive for COVID-19. And that is all according to Passant and ESPN sources. The opt-outs continue to roll in for the National Football League. Kansas City Chiefs have seen their own opt-out for a second time now. Super Bowl champ Damian Williams informed the team on Wednesday that he would be out for the 2020 season amidst coronavirus concerns. The general manager, Brett Beach, was quoted as saying on Wednesday, as an organization, we certainly understand and respect Damien's choice, knowing it was made in the best interest of his family. He means a lot to our football team as a player and a person. We're going to miss having him around this year. The New York Giants offensive tackle, Nate Solder, an anchor of that offensive line, has opted out of the 2020 NFL season as well due to coronavirus pandemic concerns. From the Giants of his decision on Wednesday as well, Solder cited 
family concerns, including his son's battle with cancer and his own bout with cancer. He also has a newborn son as well. The Lions place Kenny Galladay and TJ Hawkinson on the COVID-19 reserve list. They will remain sidelined until they are able to pass multiple tests and show no symptoms during rechecks. The Eagles place right tackle Lane Johnson on the reserve COVID-19 test, though he did say he was feeling strong and ready to go. In some college football news, the ACC Board of Directors voted Wednesday to proceed with an 11-game football season that begins the weekend of September 12th and includes Notre Dame playing a full league schedule, but only if public health guidance allows. All ACC schools in Notre Dame will play 10 conference games plus one non-conference game of their choosing. The Fighting Irish will be eligible for the ACC championship game. There will be no divisions for this season only. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Welcome back in, everybody. And, of course, we also welcome in our radio audience around the country. Welcome to the grid where we give you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez. I got Kevin Walsh with me. If you haven't heard the public service announcement, we're giving you the edge with this spread the love um, kind of bet or promotion that FanDuel is offering today. You're, you're, literally, you're getting 15 points of line movement, Kevin, right? From plus four, you know, from minus four to plus 11 right now. It's going to be even bigger. But I want to ask you a couple more questions about the other game, Pelicans and Jazz. You know, Kev, sometimes there's a saying out there, right? Fade the public, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything more public right now than love for Zion Williamson, right? And, like, is that then potentially in play here? I mean, the Pelicans are minus two and a half tonight as favorites. Everyone loves Zion. Everyone loves what the Pelicans can do. I, You know, should I zig when other people zag? Should I fade these Pelicans? If I look at Zion Williamson props, should I go under? Like, on some level, Kev, aren't these inflated because everyone's rushing to get a piece of Zion? Yes, it is. However, I do think this is twofold. The Jazz okay. are the Jazz opened as, as favorites here, right? Minus two-point favorites. Yeah. And it was bet around. And absolutely, you look at that and you go, that's that Zion love. However, luckily enough for us, we have another example of this. Because the Jazz are one of the few teams that currently have two games listed over at the FanDuel Sportsbook because they will play the Thunder for the Thunder's first game. And in that matchup, Dane, as well, the Jazz opened as favorites and were bet to dogs. And unless we think that right now uh, the new hot commodity, everybody's favorite is Chris Paul, which is not the case, right? We also now have a bit of a precedent that people, as much as they're looking to back the Pelicans, they're also looking to fade this Jazz team and I okay. do think that there is some reason for that. Uh, again, the idea that there could be big beef between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, and there could be tensions that are uh, bubbling and eventually could come um, you know, all the way forward. Bogdanovich being absent to me is significant. Mike Conley has not helped anybody. And there is also, and I'm not saying it's accurate, but I think there is also the idea that people are trying to cap motivation. The Pelicans mm. need every game. They're trying to right. compete to get into the playoffs. Now, the Jazz right now are only a game up on the sixth seed. There's a big difference between right now their current matchup, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and what could be potentially the Denver Nuggets or the L.A. Clippers. So the idea that the Jazz aren't motivated, I would push back against. But I would say to you, as much as this, there's a lot of Pelicans love out there, there's a lot of Jazz, I don't want to say hate, that sounds hate. harsh, but dislike. <laughs> hate Move sounds harsh. Minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of jazz. I know you like you like my new uh, you like my new saying of not chill. 
Maybe there's just like a lot of na 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 chill around yeah. the Utah Jazz. Kev, but what about Zion specifically? I look at the mm-hmm. props market, okay? And this is a guy who wasn't with the team last week, Kev. I know he's Superman and all that, okay? I'm just looking at like actual facts. Like, for example, um, in UFC last time around, who was it? K- not Khabib. Who's the guy? Amaz Vidal, right? Like, I love Masvidal, but he was taking the fight on six days. That's a fact. And he had to cut 30 pounds. That's a fact, right? So in the mm-hmm. same kind of vein, Zion just wasn't there. He wasn't practicing. He, we talk about the value of this runway we've been talking about. So I look at the Zion prop market, Kev, and his prop tonight is still 21 and a half points, six and a half boards. So here's the thing. Will, can Zion get to 22 and seven? Yes, absolutely. Will he do it in his first time out? I'm not so sure. Would the, will the Pelicans even give him the amount of minutes it would take normally for him to get there? I'm not so sure. You riding with Zion, or is this maybe an opportunity to fade the public love? Yeah, so this is, to me, it's, it's less about fading the public, and it's more about trying to figure out what his minutes is going to look like if he does play in this game. Sure. And... When we were closing up the season, he was over 30 minutes a game uh, in those last five or so games, right? He was really getting himself back into a regular type of workload. And I think, honestly, Dane, the expectation was that he was going to be playing a regular slate of minutes here, nightly basis, you know, maybe even pushing a 35 a night, at least 30. And if that was the case, then you would just want to be playing Zion. I got upset. He's just, he's so efficient, right? Like, he is always shooting free throws. Even if he's not great at him, he's still always at sure. the line. But then you he can the play this cat. 100%, right? But he was still in great shape before that. He wasn't gone for an eternity, right? Okay. There is a reason, though, that they he had not played five-on-five practice when he got back. Of course, they're looking to be cautious with Zion, who, you know, there's a reason why he's not going to win Rookie of the Year, okay? With all due respect to John Moran, it's because Zion didn't play enough games. Zion played a full complement of games he had one rookie of the year. Um, I think the thing for me is, and maybe I'm naive, I think we'll know his minutes before the game is underway. I think we okay. will know. And I would rather bet based on that information as opposed right, to trying right, right. to swing without it. Get ahead I of it. do understand okay. where you're going, though, because if we come out and it says, oh, he's only going to play 20 minutes, well, listen, a point a minute is a tough ask. Can he do it? Yes, by the way. Yes, he still can because he's that efficient. But obviously, right. that's not the kind of bet you're looking to make here. For me, I won't play. Honestly, I don't really want to touch this game until I get official word on Zion. Right. No, I think that makes sense, Kevin. And I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at Zion. Can he? Yes. But I think that idea of how available he will be what his minutes will look like, I think that is the piece of information, Kev, like you adequately describe. That's, for me, what is going to describe where the value is on this bet, right? Because if we hear that there's a minutes restriction, then, to me, the under becomes the value because then you'd be asking Zion to be doing superhuman things. But 22-7 and is certainly within the realm of possibility for Zion. Remember, they tip off Pelicans and Jazz to get the NBA season restarted this evening one quick thing you still had what's up yeah i just want to throw out another little diamond prop for you guys what's up uh nobody's gonna want to back rudy gobert play over rebounds mm. uh 12 and a half at minus 102 one of the best sure. rebounders 
in basketball, this is a team with the Pelicans that don't really have a, a true center that's going to be able to right. mess him up. Um, as long as he avoids foul trouble with Zion, this number will go over. He averages 13.7 rebounds on the season. You look at it, he was getting seven, eight rebounds in those scrimmage games, playing only 20 minutes here. And I'm expecting, you know, guys like Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Brandon Ingram, they're going to play their full complement of minutes in this game. So right. Rudy Gobert over 12 and a half, at especially minus 102. I like that number over, no doubt about it. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And also like rebounding totals are a little bit more consistent and stable, at least at the beginning, than points, right? And, and how their offenses look. So I'm with sure. you on that as well. I was going to turn our attention, though, Kev, to the NFL. With only two games today in the NBA, we will blow out the NBA tomorrow when most of the other teams get going back in action. But in the NFL, we have to talk about this because, you know, more players have decided to opt out. And, and yesterday, when we knew about it, right, it was a lot of the Patriots. It was a couple of defensive guys, linemen like Eddie Goldman of the Bears and Star Latulale on Buffalo. Devin Funches and Marquise Goodwin were the only really like skill position players that kind of moved the needle. And even them didn't truly move the needle. I know Funches is supposed to be the number two wide out in Green Bay. Goodwin, you know, potentially part of that Eagles mix at wide receiver. But I think we have a bigger name and even a name that rates for fantasy purposes. He's on one of my damn teams already. And now he has opted out. Kansas City Chiefs running back, Damian Williams, a stud for them late in the season, a stud for them in the playoffs. Some people believe that he is the rightful Super Bowl MVP for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, He's opting out of the 2020 season. Kev, this is a guy who technically was listed as the starting running back for the Super Bowl champions. Now, I know that there is a ton of buzz about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and rightfully so as a first-round drafted running back in this offense. Andy Reid drawing comparisons, all that stuff. Talk to me, though. Damian Williams was going to be a piece of this. Call it a timeshare. Call it a committee. Whatever the case may be. This is an important uh, piece of news here for the Kansas City Chiefs. It is a big piece of news in name, in team. The Chiefs plus 650 number to be the, as the Super Bowl right. favorites is unchanged. And that has to do with the value of the running back position paired with the fact that they drafted a running back in the first round in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that a lot of people are excited about. Yes, just calling it what it is. This does not move the needle for me in any way when it comes to my outlook on this team to win the West or how I perceive them going game by game predictions as to who I think is going to win. Right now, are you going to want um, a? You're going to want as much depth as possible. That's the other right? point, right? Especially in absolutely, this season, absolutely, right? absolutely. You want as much depth as possible, but. Is this, you know, when we see a starter opt out, right? As you try and judge, how impactful is that? This would be on the lower end of that scale to me. Yeah, right, fair enough. And remember, there are still guys out there if they want to replenish this. Remember, we talked about this with Miles Sanders as well in Philadelphia when we were playing the Bell Cow committee game. There are still some veteran running backs out there. And remember, these teams, players are going to be opting out. Maybe they should be by the phone. The other big name, though, Kev, Nate Soldier, the offensive lineman of the New York Giants. Does this rate for you at all as well? Remember, a lot of people thinking Saquon Barkley would have bounced back here protecting a young quarterback in Danny Dimes. Look, I, I think the, so obviously if you lose a quarterback, right, 
that's going to be the, the the biggest thing. It's it's going to be your offensive lineman though that will be the second part. Yeah, there's just there's not a lot of outstanding offensive tackles in the lead. I'm not even saying that Nate Solder fits that bill. But whenever you have right. to start going to backup tackles now, Matt Pert, okay, who they drafted in the mm-hmm. third round out of UConn, who was supposed to get a year right. to learn from Nate Solder, will not get that opportunity and might have to start right away. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned this with the running back, right? There's a there's a Lamar Miller, a LaShawn McCoy, a Devontae Freeman out there. They don't just make starting caliber offensive tackles that are chilling on the street at this point of the season. So that is a good point. When we come back, we bring back our friend of the show, Tom Bogart, to break down the next round of the MLS's back tournament, because that's where we are. Come on back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid. We give you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez. As usual, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh. But now we are also joined by a new friend of the show, Tom Bogart. And, Tom, thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us again like last time. I mean, Tom, last time when we spoke, we were in a different situation, right? We were on thin ice. There was outbreaks happening. We didn't know if this tournament was even going to complete. Here we are now, though, in the quarterfinals. And after FC Dallas, after Nashville, after kind of a schedule adjustment with kind of unclear processing of tests very early on in the tournament, you got to stand here now thinking like, yeah, the MLS is in fact back. How are you (laughs) feeling about the tournament, this bubble, their approach? Now that we are down to eight teams left and, you know, it's kind of holding the bubble is holding up. First of all, good morning, fellas. Thanks again for having me. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, it was a precarious position. Might have been too far, just because, like we talked about last time, they were confident that the the positive tests were picked up in market and then came to the bubble. So it wasn't like the bubble was pierced or however you want to kind of describe it. So right. yeah, no, honestly, like MLS should be getting credit for the way that they've handled it. I mean, you know, the original plan was to have the players come. All the teams come, and the first week was going to be individual training to stop something from that happening. But obviously, the Players Association was like, hey, can we like limit the time that these guys are spending away from their family during a pandemic? Which is fair enough. So, you know, it, the MLS deserves credit. You know, the, bubble, the bubbles worked. Um, and unfortunately, that wasn't a viable option for baseball because you can't have dudes right. away from their family for six months, you know. So um, yeah. let's enjoy this while it lasts. The tournament's been good. I was afraid that the uh, quality of play was going to be questionable. Um, a couple of those early 9 a.m. games were a little slow, but <laughs> you know, you're playing in 90 degree heat with 90 yeah. percent humidity in Orlando in July. What do you expect? You know. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Tom, a little bit about kind of the quality of play that you've seen. I'm curious if anything has stood out to you from maybe the type of teams that this reset has favored. Maybe if even um, a specific player or team has jumped out to you from the early stages of this tournament? Um, so in the group stage, you know, teams were kind of working back into form and fitness. Um, 
it was kind of cool to see just the, the quality got a little better. Um, the, the, there have been a number of standout players, um, a couple of young domestic players, which has also been cool because uh, the mm-hmm. knock is that, you know, international talent gets the like first, second, third and fourth chance because you're spending money on them. But uh, there's a dual international Canadian and American forward, uh, Ayo Akinola for Toronto, who had five goals in three games. Um, going well, going uh, Chris Mueller is a like 23 year old American winger. He had a couple goals before Orlando to start it off. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, um, as you welcome been, your dog to the yeah, show yeah, as well. Bring him on in. It's all love. <laughs> <laughs> he's upset. He's not outside yet. Sorry, but <laughs> then there's uh, a Uruguayan who's, you know, absolutely exploded with, uh, seven goals in know, four games, something now. So it's been really cool to watch, you know, some of these individuals like really take over and really step up and, and, you know, use this as a platform to, kind of put themselves in the transfer uh, window for European clubs, which they're watching. You know, I've reported it. Taylor Swamm reported it. There are a number of players who are getting seriously scouted by European clubs. I got to ask you this, Tom, you know, before I, I also want to know what is the name of your dog? So please let us know about that as well. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, Tom, I think they got it wrong last year for the MVP of the league. To be honest, it's clearly was Joseph Martinez, right? Because, I mean, Martinez, without, not on Atlanta in this tournament, you saw what they were, you know, looking very incapable. They do not advance. To me, that was the surprise of the group stage, the fact that Atlanta could not advance. It even looked like they parted ways with their coach because of their showing here. Without Martinez, they looked really bad. Uh, for me, they were the kind of uh, disappointing team of the group stage. Do you agree? Yeah, first of all, his name is Mello, um, but <laughs> moving on, <laughs> I, I couldn't disagree more about them getting the MVP wrong. Everything you said about Joseph was right, but <laughs> Carlos Vela had literally the greatest uh, individual season in MLS history, so it, it yeah. doesn't matter if, you know, what, what Atlanta are looking like without Joseph, and again, I get that as an argument, but they did also lose three, uh, yeah, at least three other starters this offseason, um, which is no... Small thing, yeah. and and the coach clearly turned out to be the wrong fit, and they they kind of parted ways. But yeah, Atlanta was super disappointing. The fact that you know even with like LFC don't have Vela right now, but they have two other stars, and those two stars have stepped up. Like I said, Diego Rossi is the one who has the seven goals in four games, and he just showed everybody, hey, like I'm not I'm not Scotty Pippen here. Like I like I'm, hmm. I'm I'm legit too. Like I I I don't need somebody carrying me. Um and. Atlanta also have two $15 million uh, rated players. They were, they were the, the number one and number two highest paid transfer fee in MLS history. And neither of them did a thing this tournament. And again, that might be coming down to the way that the coach had him set up. And again, that's why he's fired is because he's or parted ways because they, they played really um, just not the way that that team wants to play. And it's not even just about not getting the results. It's, it's just, they look like, uh, the attack looked like constipated. They they were just like slow, disjointed. It was you know the the opposite of everything this club was supposed to stand for. Uh, while we're on the subject, here, I'm going to go a little out of order. Some of these quarter games. Uh, I know Philly and Kansas City's tonight. We'll get there. But since we're kind of on the topic of LAFC, for me, Tom, I, I think there's a decent chance that they route Orlando City. Who uh, look all the credit to them. They've been good. But now that LAFC, as you've kind of talked about, gotten back into form, Diego Rossi's comfortably the, the player of the tournament thus far. What do you make of that matchup? Do you think Orlando City has a shot against LAFC? 
Um, I, I want to say no because that 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 absolutely my gut reaction. But I would have said no if you asked me that Orlando versus New York City or Orlando versus Philadelphia, True. and they proved me wrong a couple times. Yeah, and this is why I joked the first time that we talked that like I'm not making predictions because this is chaos. But, <laughs> um, it's not like they're riding a hot streak either. So like they've really impressed me because this isn't just like a flash in the pan. This isn't just they have one player who got hot. It's not. They have a goalie who's made a couple great saves that change things. They haven't gotten lucky calls. Like they've been a genuinely good team. And um, again, they have a new coach too, a very well respected uh, manager in MLS, Oscar Perea is his name. And I don't even know if he would have told you that he could have turned this thing around so fast. Like uh, the assumption was that they were going to play like, or I thought that that team wasn't going to be anywhere near good enough to to play his brand his brand of soccer right away. So I thought that they were just going to like focus on the defensive side for his first year and like kind of as like the squad turns and stuff and he was just like nah like we're gonna we're gonna play my way immediately and this tournament it showed that like <laughs> like good good coaching matters <laughs> like how, how about that like uh it's a big yeah. thing there. <laughs> but, um but yeah um ilfc are definitely heavily favorites because they're just you know exploding um and just everybody's just getting incinerated off the field um but um i wouldn't rule out orlando is is, is as far as i'll go um, Tom, I want to ask you this. You mentioned new coaching and that coaching matters. That takes me to my team, NYFC. I want to know what's going on with them, okay? Because early in the season, under new head coach Ronnie Dyla, who is not part of the city football group, coming on in, right? At the beginning of the season, even in CONCACAF Champions League, before this tournament, in the first couple of games in this tournament, the offense was not there. They didn't look crisp. I know they have talent from Bear to Castellanos, you know, to Mitrita. They lose Maxi Morales. He comes back, and then, boy, is he the engine for this offense. They put up a number of goals against Toronto. Bear hits the post. It could have been more. And now, all of a sudden, it seems like all the experts are back on this NYCFC squad. They are now favored over the Portland Timbers on Saturday. Do you think that the Blues can just, like, flip the switch and this dynamic offense is just back? Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit more dubious of that. Um, and I do believe in them long term. Like you said, the talent is just too much to resist. And, and I do think that, that Ronnie is a good coach. It's just he's trying to do a few different things. And, and his focus was more on the defensive side, particularly at first. And, and all the players said that. He said that. as like when you ask, hey, what's different under Ronnie rather than Dome? Um, so they, they've said, like, we're still getting used to his style. We're still getting used to, like, the, the little nuances about when to press, when to drop off. So I think that's why they looked a little disjointed. But um, they benefited in their last game a lot because they got a fifth-minute goal. So um, that right. played in really well to how they wanted to play because then they definitely could sit off it and play more conservative and cautious and they weren't sitting in their own 18 parking the bus but it, it just put the onus on the opposition to come and attack and that gives you know more space for some of those dynamic attackers so um i don't think so so the first few minutes of this game is going to interest me because portland are also most comfortable when they're playing counterattack. so portland even tried to get fc cincinnati to to hold possession and play and come out of their shell in the right. game so <laughs> they're going to try to do that to nycfc and then hit them on the break and then you know, see what happens. So um, I'm really intrigued by this matchup tactically. Um, and, and I think that Portland are, are really good value at, at being the underdogs. And, and as you have the lines up now that, you know, slightly underdogs, but still. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about tonight's game here. 
the union have impressed me. We I remember we talked about them because they were playing NYCFC that opening game. They got the job done. They're looking to continue uh, what's been a strong tournament for them. They're playing Kansas City, who are favored in that matchup. And I look at Kansas City, and they were they couldn't stop talking about it on the broadcast. Massive, <laughs> massive favorites against Vancouver. Right. And they had to go to Penns <laughs> to get the job done here. You enter this game. Have Kansas City done enough for you to feel confident that they can uh, stave off an upset from a very, very hungry Philadelphia Union side? So, both both answers, uh, I don't know how they can coexist, but yes, SKC have done enough to deserve to be looked at as as the good, possibly great team they are. We'll see how the season unfolds. But Mm -hmm. I I don't get why they are so heavily favored over Philadelphia. Um, Maybe it's just because I've been... Since the beginning, saying that like I like the way that Philly plays, I, I like their their a number of their players and and the system. This is the second year that they're playing in their new system, and they looked great last year. Like I don't understand how they could be plus two fifty here. Like yeah. Orlando, like they're they according to the book, yeah. they're as much as an underdog as Orlando is LAFC, which I think is crazy. Um, I just think that Philadelphia are a really good team. They pose a different like Kansas City struggled or they created chances. They just didn't finish them against Vancouver. But Vancouver was playing, you know, 11 men behind the ball, um, defending, you know, 30 yards in front of their goal. And that was it. Philadelphia are going to be the absolute inverse. They're going to high press. It's, it's going to be an open game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like um, and they, they've still only conceded, I think, like two goals. Like their their keeper, Andre Blake, has been kind of standing on his head a little bit. But, you know, they've. Looked good. They looked solid. Like, and they have more room to grow. So I, I, I just don't understand how, how they could be plus two fifty here. Hey Tom, last question from us. We got to get out of here. Um, over this round, give me like your best bet, or at least you know what, give me Mello's best bet for this <laughs> round. We kind of like get to the semifinals. We got about a minute left. All right, Mello, Mello likes a long shot. I think he'll he'll take um, Philly in in ninety minutes. Mello likes Philly. I love it. I, I love Mello's Philly lock. Swimming. Yeah, Philip Mello will be swimming in plus money. Do us a favor. Uh, <laughs> after this round happens sometime next week, come on back with us. Bring Mello along with you uh, so we can update the next stage of the tournament. Thanks a lot, Tom. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. I appreciate Absolutely. it, Absolutely. There you go there. And I'm with him. Kev, I'm with him. This idea that Philly is at plus 250 against Kansas City, we had talked about them as an upstart team. I got eyes on them as well. Yeah, look, that's um, it looks like it might be an early line special here. Philadelphia Union plus two fifty. Uh, I'm all about it. Yep, absolutely. All right, we check in on what's going on in the morning after, and we remind everybody about a specific bet that you have to bet tonight to help us out. Okay, we'll talk about that again when we come back. The conglomerate is strong right here on the early line. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. That's what we do here on SportsGrid, give you the edge every day, including the day 
where the NBA resumes their schedule. Right up after us is the morning after, and now we spend a couple of minutes with our homegirl, Ariel Epstein. And Ariel, okay, I'm doing this public service announcement for everybody. I don't know if you have seen this, but our good friends and partners over at FanDuel have a bet out there called Spread the Love, where the more and more people that hop on, this line is dramatically moving, okay? If you like the Lakers tonight, don't bet them at minus four. Bet that spread the love <laughs> bet. You're telling everybody, Ariel, we've got it. I started, I hopped on earlier today. I got it at plus 10. It is now at plus 11. But if you and 1,900 other people pile on, we could get it to plus 12, plus 13. I'm asking you as a favor, Ariel, can you continue <laughs> to type this in the morning after? Because the more, the merrier here. Let's go. We actually are going to have John Sheeran, the director of trading from the FanDuel Sportsbook, come yes. on to promote Ask this. Him why this was a good idea. Ask him why he decided to do this. Well, ask him why he decided to do this. And at what point will he start sweating it out? Because right now the Lakers are plus 11. By the time you interview him, it may be plus 13. I'd love to know the rationale behind this We'll definitely make sure to ask him. I will get you the exact time that he's coming on the show. John will be on the show at 9.25. So you can definitely tune in and find out the rationale behind this. It's a $50 max bet. I'm sure that's why they capped it. And I know that Kevin came on for Walsh Wednesday yesterday, and he said he still loves to put a lot more money on the Lakers at minus four. That's yeah, right. Put it at minus four. I'm going to personally put it at plus 11. Do me a favor, Ariel. Whatever he says, text me during commercial break. I want to find out. But if you're not watching that, you need to be watching all day. Craig Mish on FST will give us updates on the Marlins. Keep it locked on the grid. The morning after is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.